Uh, I'm Jeffrey K. Horkrems. Um, and these are all the same people who were here before, except for two very specific additions. <laughs> and that is Adam Whoa. and Adam. What? Uh, I know, from Game to Grow. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. It was all part of the plan. I'm scared. We were snuck you, in. Were you there the whole time? We, we, we yeah, were, yeah. Sitting over there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's fucking incredible. Um, but here, so, so we, we have our we have our ritual to undertake, of course. Yes. Um, no reason not to jump right in. Uh, Walnut, is there any new business? Yes, uh, I would like to talk specifically to. Um, uh, it can't be the White Massacre. That cannot be the screen name, is it? <laughs> It's the, the YT, YT Massacre. massacre. Like, maybe, there it is. Maybe YouTube, YouTube. or Whitey. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Whitey Massacre. Um, anyway, they T. They T. They T Massacre. Um, I would like to talk to you about your Death Ward applicator application. Mm. Uh, and listen, failing to apply the Death Wards. Oof, that's yeah. gonna be a no. big listen. Just really quietly, I won't tell Rosie, but yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be a no for me, y'all. It's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna affect your ability to succeed in that position, basically. Right at the end of the day, um, big daddy's an R. Oh, uh, how are things going to the Emil Hunt? Class change. Hey! Hey! Gun ho tea. Oh, sorry. Big it's Daddy like Denar's yum yum clan. Consummate professional. <laughs> uh, super great owner. Hereby grants employee of the week. First of all, gun ho to you. Uh, gun ho to gone. Whoa. Gun Got him. Gone. Fuck that guy. All right. Nice <laughs> <laughs> this week. The action economist. Oh. You're my new favorite person Whoa. in the whole wide world. Mine too. Mm-hmm. Give you a couple yeah, how many, how many actions per minute do you think this guy's got? Uh, uh, at least two. At least two. Yeah, yeah. Very Well, no, I mean, because action economist also gave me my tip, and so of course I appreciate yeah. that. Just the tip. Just the tip. So to speak. Uh, you get access to the Discord, a menu, signed merch from me. Access to packs, every packs. All beta read the Nada. For free. The, the, the novel. <laughs> the Nada? Beta read the Nada. Uh, beta the Nada. Hashtag. <laughs> yeah, please don't. Alright, Kuthris, are there any emanations from the void? Yes, I saw this one. It came to me as in a dream, as in a nightmare. <laughs> like as unto a dream. Wow, spifferifying. Look at that. Not equal to five. A river ran through it. Spookerifying. Yeah, like. Not equal to five. Exactly. That no. was what inspired it. It's more, <laughs> not it's, equivalent to to a five. It's more or less. Bird AC. All right. Bird well, AC. Yeah. Uh, Rosie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how are things with the fam? It's an unusual day here in the sky. Um, I looked up and I saw not one but two snow dogs. Um, and this <laughs> is what well, it looked like. We all know that classic winter tune. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. This is the first dog. That's the second dog. No, it's it's totally balling. Now, bird sorcerer, let me. Uh, let me inform you. It brings me great pleasure uh, to say that Jim Dark Magic's dice uh, from the West game are now yours. Uh, Zanshichi, of course, uh, the Elderwood Academy box. I believe this. Oh, yeah, the Elderwood Academy box is with the AI dice set. God oh, damn! Put it in the box. I'll put it in the thingy. God damn! Uh, and then uh, uh, Inez six six six, the number of the beast. Of course, we welcome you, uh, Big Daddy Dinar, Yum Yum Hut Apron, and then of course. Uh, thank you very much to D&D Beyond 
uh, for giving us the cool tools. But honestly, oh, yeah, we didn't cut a promo. I was just gonna say, <laughs> but it, it honestly made the it made the battle possible it was so because good you pulled so up good. all the different yeah, monsters. It felt right. like it was in my brain. It felt like it was happening live behind my eyeballs. It's that's like a, how good the interface is. It's a part of me now. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, okay <laughs> that is minute. inside me. We're good. We're good. Uh, now, what is the um, MVP? Uh, I'm a D and D Beyond, him. of course. How could it be anything else? Drow him. I'm a pious boy. I'm a pious boy. Oh, the boy. song. Definitely, like, definitely that. It's, yeah. it's gone from my mind. I don't yeah. remember anything but the last part. Loth is great. Loth is, is good. great. <laughs> yeah. Now I remember. Uh, How can I forget? Now, like I was saying before, uh, are there any cues to authorize, Alyssa? Yeah. Okay, cool. So there's just, like I say, just throw a hashtag question in front of your question uh, for Adam and Adam from Game to Grow, and they will. Uh, they will nourish all of us. We'll, we'll take them in as one. Um, we'll, we'll but, give out but yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna say, so it's entirely possible that people don't uh, remember, or maybe they may be a new viewer, so they might not be familiar with you guys or what you do. It's so been if a you would give us the yeah, it's yeah, a lot's happened since then. Too. Yeah, yeah, a lot has happened since then. Uh, Adam, you want to give like a rundown? What is Game to Grow? Yeah, so we yeah. came on here. It was I think about a year ago. Um, we were just transitioning then from Wheelhouse Workshop into Game to Grow. Yeah. Uh, Game to Grow is a five hundred one c not five hundred one c three nonprofit uh, whose mission is threefold. Uh, one is to use uh, role playing games like Dungeons and Dragons, really games of all kinds, and therapeutic social skills groups. Yep. Two to train other people to use games of all kinds to improve lives. Oh. And three to raise awareness about the life enriching magic of games. Yeah, this motherfucker, he isn't he knows exactly what's going on. Yeah, he, I'm, I'm clueless. He has <laughs> said this <laughs> mission statement. He has said this before. Yeah. I, I do that to the, when I wake up in the morning, I look at the mirror. <laughs> then he says mission the threefold. Mission. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I have a couple cues for you from here, but I also have cues that are in my heart. So we'll 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 use a combination of it. Uh, Starboot says, hey, for game to grow, uh, I don't have a question, but as someone who has talked to her therapist about gaming. Uh, both tabletop and video games, and how it's benefited me in so many ways. I really, really want to thank you for everything you do. There's so much value in it, and I'm delighted to have you uh, here to learn more about what you do in your in your continuum, like in the like in the therapeutic continuum. Uh, is what you're suggesting about the utility of games weird? Like, um, are, 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 you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, are yeah. Not, are they not ready for this jelly, so to speak? They're, they're like mostly in support of it. Like, uh, we talk to a lot of therapists, and they and they go, "Oh, that's such a great idea," or "That's such an interesting idea." And actually, we're speaking at the um, Washington Marriage and Family Association conference. Uh, we're keynote speaking there. Oh, smooth! Um, uh, just later this month. Um, and so, like, there's some excitement about it, but it's still brand new. It's still yeah. super, super new. Yeah. To does everybody. it does it map to any existing therapeutic techniques? Um, there's there's some overlap, and that's actually where all of our background comes from. Adam's background is all in drama therapy, and there's as I'm sure you guys know, like there's so much like drama, drama and and sort of acting stuff that goes into um, the the role playing game experience, um, and there's a lot of crossover from the the experiences of drama therapy and uh, the stuff that goes into like an RPG. Well, yeah, I mean, it seems like it it seems like it exists at a like a crossroads point because I know that there's another. Uh, there's another like a, a therapeutic technique where essentially you just rewrite events. Yeah, narrative thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I, it seems like it's it sits in the middle of all those different um, approaches. Yeah, yeah actually, actually oh, go ahead. I think we're going to see the exact same thing. <laughs> uh, one of the things in narrative therapy is this concept of externalization. Exactly, and, right? and that's where you you take a piece of yourself and you say the problem. Uh, I'm not the problem. The problem is the problem. And we can externalize that and oh, look at that thing outside. So yourself. if you have a character, yes. like that is is. The technique, like the fundamental idea of role playing, like is a 
is a therapeutic technique. Yes. Yeah. To Let, sort of to create a persona that it sits out here and has those issues. Yeah, and th there's an amazing ability as you guys like um, if you've ever played a character and you felt yourself like really, really super connected to the character's experience, uh, maybe even to the point where you're like you're getting angry at the table or you're getting like frustrated or upset at the table. Um, it's never happened at our table. It's never happened. <laughs> but um, it's, it's I can see the possibility, but it's like. But, but you could you can say something like like wow your character's really angry or your character's really upset mm. and now all of a sudden it's not you. Who has to experience that? It's your character. I've, I've externalized that experience, and now it's it can be something that you can look at oh, from an outside perspective. It, maybe it's like the um, it's like uh, the scientific device where it's like you reach in with the gloves, and then there's a thing that the dangerous thing that's being worked on inside the tank. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It's like if you can just get that stuff out here, or you can even see it, or even be conscious of the idea that it doesn't have to be like some inherency. Right, right? yeah. And it, it goes the other way too, because you can also uh, go, wow, this, this amazing thing is happening oh. in here. My character's doing this awesome stuff. And then you can, you can kind of but, dive, you can oh, dive, you dive, dive in. You can bring it right back, back in. in. Right? It's me who's doing that awesome stuff. Uh, a lot of the players in our group, so we, we have um, almost 40 kids that we see every week playing Dungeons and Dragons. Jeez, and so we where, have, where, where are you doing your play? Um, we have <laughs> groups in uh, West Seattle, and we have groups in, in Greenwood here in Seattle, and then groups in Kirkland. Do you have any groups like uh, at Mox? Or? Uh, we just did our summer camp at Mox, actually. No yeah. shit. Yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. super, super fun. Uh, uh, it was a lot of fun to work, work along with Mox for that. Yeah, we, we're, our Greenwood group um, is at the Pocket Theater and 84th oh, and Greenwood. Totally. Um, and we have, so we have a lot of our players are have uh, autism diagnoses or ADHD diagnoses. Or, oh, or for sure. Struggling with anxiety and depression and sort of just need a place to unwind and find uh, a relationship with other kids because a lot of them are really socially isolated. So a lot of the kids make characters, some of them are like exact copies of themselves. So sometimes like really impulsive kids will make barbarians that want to go in and hit everything <laughs> right away. And in that case, we want to externalize some of that uh, you know, impulsive Out behavior. Here. Right. Like your character maybe should have thought before they did that thing. Mm. Um, but then a lot of kids also make like uh, aspirational selves as their character where like somebody who's really socially isolated and struggling with confidence might make a character who is like a, a well-respected noble or a general mm. who then when they walk into a room everybody oh. goes, whoa, you, you're confident, you're cool, I like you. That's awesome. And that, that's, um, we, we can do that with, uh, uh, with the game. We can sort of take either take the, the problematic behaviors and put it on the character or translate some of like the positive things. Yeah, yeah. Just and as the NPCs, we can re really like offer that to the, oh, to the player. Oh, sure. We, you can provide that external perspective, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, so Taurus Beestinger says, Adams, uh, would your therapies be more CBT or DBT uh, or narrative-based? Um, it probably narrative-based is, is, a, is a... CBT um, is like the relaxing... Yeah, it's a lot of, uh, um, it's cognitive behavior therapy. Yeah. And then, then that's uh, really um, tying in like your cognitive thoughts and, and automatic thoughts and things like that that are going on and also like tying in the behaviors that, that end up coming out as a result of that. A lot of times it's used for, for relaxation or anxiety or depression. What the hell is DBT? That Dialectical like, behavioral therapy. Well, I was just going to say, yeah. that sounds like something that we, we outlawed. <laughs> like in the seventies, like a DBT. Like it's a crop. <laughs> it's like a crop. Jake the Snake's finishing move. Yeah, <laughs> the DBT. Um, uh, DBT is dial uh, dialectical behavioral yeah. therapy. I have some training in that, and there's some like very specific uh, skills programs that that are really useful. I actually, helped uh, design a video game based dialectical behavioral therapy program. Oh wow! Which we can talk about another time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, we don't really do DBT either. There's some things in DBT that where they like. Uh, teach very specifically how to ask for what you want, even like sentence frames. And so, so we might bust out some of that stuff, but it's not, um, what we do isn't as much like direct skills training as that because we find that a lot of our kids have been in therapy a lot. 
Oh, sure. Or they've sure. been in mm-hmm. like skills training programs where they say, here's how you make eye contact. And here's, you know, here's how you ask a question. But if the kids don't have any sense of reward or have like why it means anything to be social, then they don't care. Like, why do I care about making eye contact? That's uncomfortable. Mm. Um, they've never oh, yeah. had a friendship even if you that's got, been Even if you got good at the skill, right. why would you use it? Right. Exactly. There's no practice, right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, like an RPG oh, gives kids an opportunity to be there and feel the inherent rewards of being social because to get farther along in the game, you have to like wait your turn to talk. You know, you, you, like the game requires a certain degree of social decorum, yeah. which you can learn and then immediately feel the rewards because the group gets along better, the story progresses better. It's like an, an immediate feedback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, my I would say that a non-trivial percentage of the kids in uh, the Sunday game I play with my son and a few of his friends have probably engaged in some form of therapy or medication at, at some point. Um, and I would say that, you know, a year or so into that campaign, yeah. Uh, it's very different. Like I'm not even, I'm not trying to encourage or I'm not trying to model. I'm not trying to do therapy. Like I don't know how to do therapy, but I know how to make stories and I know how to make the rewards for being collaborative apparent. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's pretty, it's pretty wild how much buy-in you can get from a really, really wide range of skill sets. Absolutely. Um, just by telling a story that's meaningful to them. But man, finding out what's meaningful to them is its own challenge, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I know that you, you're trying to create a curriculum, but it's like, how do you make a curriculum for something like the mind, right? Because <laughs> right. that right. seems that seems like a tough road to hoe. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so that's like that's been largely the challenge, is because like Adam said, we've we've talked to therapists and we've talked to doctors, and they're like, cool, this is awesome. How do I play D and D? Oh shit! You have a whole other problem. <laughs> right. it's a whole, it's a whole so new there's thing this whole work. process where we're not only teaching people how to be game masters, but how to be good game masters, and then how to be good game masters to a sensitive population, and then how to be good game masters to a sensitive population to achieve outcomes. There's like okay. so many layers to that. We have to oftentimes go to square one and say, "Here's what an RPG is." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeesh. <laughs> um, I got more beef here for you. I got die curious. Ooh, nice. Um, uh, The previous Game to Grow Table Talk is one I've listened to multiple times. I love the idea. I'm curious how often you get to use Tabletop RPG in practice as opposed to other therapies. Hashtag Adam Love. (laughs) That's the first time I've ever seen that. Well, yeah, it's going to happen. It's starting (laughs) for you. That's exciting. So we have five groups a week. Uh, we play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. Mm -hmm. Um, That's actually the crux of our work. So you asked what had happened since the last time we were on. We are now officially a 501c3 nonprofit. Child's yeah. Play gave us a grant. Mm-hmm. Um, big props to Child's Play. Uh, they gave us a grant, so Adam and I are now full time. Nice. We are 100 percent of our 100 of our waking hours, pretty much, yeah. is Game to Grow. <laughs> well, um, and a big part of why that happened that way, and like why that love connection happened, is because one of the things that you're trying to do is create a, a curriculum that surrounds it. So it's, it's one thing to have like a good idea, it's one thing to be able to execute it, but what y'all are trying to do is put it together in such a way that it can be taught, Yeah. right? So that the good that you create is not localized, right? right. Which is, which is, th- that's the cool thing about it to me. It isn't like a proprietary mechanism. Right. It's like you want to create a skill building system for this entire spectrum of people. Right, and yeah. that's, that's like part of the reason why we wanted to go nonprofit in the first place was right. because Adam and I were running everything we were doing. It was like just him and I facilitating groups, and we were the product 
in so many ways. Like, oh, even, even right now, like the atoms was the product, right? Oh, tell me about it. So in figuring <laughs> I, out how to get this out there, it. it was a whole extra journey of making it, a nonprofit. And we actually just hired two new facilitators so that we can start expanding our groups so we can ju just start running more groups in the area. And so oh, we're, wow. we're training them and teaching them how to do what we've been doing now for seven years. And we're about to launch a kit um, and I'm really excited about this. It's called Critical Core. Wait, I saw the image. Yeah. So this is uh, um, basically a, a take-home starter kit for therapeutic dungeon mastering. Nice. Um, and it's going to be a uh, <clears throat> like modules designed specifically for outcomes related to autism. Um, it's uh, we're actually building up interest and engagement for the Kickstarter that we're hoping to launch in November. Oh, I was just going to say, when, when does this when does that end up on Kickstarter? Right. Jeez, like, what a cool story! Is this something that um, just like regular folk? can buy? Yeah, the goal really is to get like, just like you said, Jerry, playing Dungeons and Dragons can be good for you. Um, yeah. Just just having a, a great experience at a table can be really great for you. And so we wanted to make something that, that we could get into the hands of like parents and teachers and therapists um, to go and play with, with their kids or with their clients or with their students. Um, and it would introduce role-playing games to them in a, a simple and, and kind of streamlined fashion with like a, a, a a slimmed down set of rules, but then it would also have a module that's specifically oriented at saying like, cool, this encounter that you're going to do right here, this is going to work on uh, self-advocacy skills, or this encounter is going to work on um, being able to uh, collaborate with each other. Um, and it would highlight basically how do you kind of scaffold those things up, how do you make that more challenging or less challenging depending on the people at your table. So really kind of designed and aimed at, at being able to help people take on the dungeon mastering role in a, in a positive influence kind of fashion. So you don't need to be a therapist to use this, um, but you could help make better people at your table um, by, by the process of, of being engaged in a, in a great game and an amazing experience. Wild. So have you ever run into problems like D&D, &D, at least it had a reputation for some people it still has, like a dark sort of cloud like a satanic panic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's only happened once. Oh, I was just going to say, but it has happened, right? It's it only happened once. Um, we were actually at a homeschool convention because... Oh, there we go. We were... We were there we, were, we go. Assuming that people who are homeschooled might need some extra socialization, so we went to the homeschool kind of just promote our groups. Well, it makes sense. Like, honestly, I think that's a pretty savvy pick. I think yeah. so, too. Um, and the interesting thing about homeschool families is that some of them want to, like, step away from the structure and the norms of school for because they want to like you know experience uneducation or whatever they call it like let the kid follow his own path yeah and then other ones because of like pretty strict religious norms that they're trying to adhere to right and so we had this one person who was uh hanging out with us all day who was like a teenager <clears throat> who was really excited about our group so they had a, like a captain america t-shirt on they were just like they were they wanted the they were our people they, they were our people um definitely yeah. our people and um they hung out all day like asking questions about the dice and all these things and then oh. They were perfect for our groups, like 100%. And then the, uh, they asked their parent to come over and, and talk to us. Maybe we, they could find out some more information. And the, uh, They fucked you up. The parent said, um, well, I knew some people in the 80s, and they were pulled into Satanism. Yeah. And then, no, you didn't. And she said, no offense, but I don't know you from Adam. And we were both wearing new tanks that said Adam, and so we just we just both pointed yeah. to our That's exquisite. Yeah. Yeah. That brings me that brings me great joy. Yeah. But you can't That's both good. be the devil. <laughs> so was there any? <laughs> well, one of us could be. Just have one horn on my. <laughs> she couldn't see our feet, so she thought maybe they were connected. At the well, yeah. Or maybe, or maybe, oh, yeah. or maybe your root itself was in hell. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. It's sort of like a Hydra situation. Yeah, exactly. We're just yeah. the heads. Consider it. Yeah. Never just, be too careful. No, yeah. consider the possibility. Yeah, I. I grew up in that community, so I yeah. have a sense about that. Um, uh, let's see, like, what the? Like water for chocolate? 
<laughs> like, <laughs> I have like a new goal to try to make a name that is as unpronounceable. Like Canelfapo. Like an Elfapo eighty four. Okay. Uh, oh, at the yeah. intersection of science and gaming, how has your research um, enriched the field? Um, that's a great question. Ultimately, we don't do a lot of research. Um, uh, most of our stuff is is on the services side. Actually, we're working on pairing up with other people to be able to get the research done, so that we're, we're providing the services, but we want to be able to. The, the research is super super important to progressing this forward. Right. Um, so we're we're talking with other people about um, how we can get sort of intake outtake surveys and stuff in a way that's not oh sure disruptive. We, to we need real information, right. and then it also it, it probably can't be something that you're doing. Like the research is going to come from when you deliver critical core, and. You're able to have you're able to have that research done elsewhere using this system. Yes. Right. And you, you can't be in the box. Right. Right. right exactly. Right. And yeah. actually, um, our plans with Critical Core are through like the beta testing process and everything to to uh, have intake and outtake surveys so we can really get a sense for the effectiveness of it, and that way we can we can tweak it and stuff uh, as it's coming out as well. That's cool as hell. Uh, Jay Brookstaff says, "Hey, question for Game to Grow: Is there any place that game developers or game designers who want to create healing games?" or more pro-health, pro-social games can go to better understand your organization's objectives so that those developers can create games from the ground up with those objectives in mind. You can um, go to our website, gametogrow.org. Um, send us a message. There's a gametogrow.org slash contact form. Let us know. And if you mentioned that you mentioned us, you saw us here, uh, we'll, we'll break it back sooner than we would otherwise. Um, <laughs> ultimately, there's, there's not a ton of people that are doing this work yet. So um, It's young. Yeah, it's young. Um, but we we would be more than happy to to help collaborate um, or help help you make a game that's that's better for people. That's that's like our goal. So. Having those resources available on the website would be really cool too. Yeah, that's Especially. a great idea. Yeah, um, I love that. Uh, Nick's Fire says, "Are you guys the only on the West Coast, or do you have any partner agencies on the East Coast?" Um, we are only on the West Coast now. Is it, is um, it, is it because you're lazy? Uh, it might. It might I'm, I'm, I only work eighty hours yeah. a week. I shouldn't put in twenty minutes. <laughs> clearly, um, you find more time. Yeah, uh, we actually know several other organizations that are based on the East Coast that we uh, want to we, we collaborate with, and we we are working to um, promote. Uh, Megan Cannell is a is a great resource in North Carolina, um, who I, I think you guys know. Mm -hmm. um, there's also the Madonna Group that's based out of Pennsylvania. That's also a nonprofit that is. Uh, that sounds like a mysterious playing. shadowy organization. Are they the ones that do. There's like a, a game convention out there that is all therapeutic. Save Against Fear. Yes. Yeah. yes. We, we spoke at that convention in 2015. Right on. Yeah. 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 Very cool. They would know, whatever it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, and, it, and it's a great convention dedicated to games and how games can be used for, for better people. Save Against Fear. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's dope. Yeah, it's a great name. We, we've actually talked with them about maybe creating a Save Against Fear here in uh, uh, like a Save Against Fear... Uh, West, West Coast or whatever. That would do very well here. Yeah, I think that would be really fun. I, yeah. I suspect. Maybe in the next year? Yeah, I suspect. A year from now when we're back on C-Team again, come, <laughs> yeah. come, we'll come to San Diego. Yeah, we're yeah. looking for those updates. And yeah. like I say, let us know uh, Let us know when the Kickstarter hits um, so we can promote it on the show. Uh, we can, you know what we can do? We can activate social. What do you think about that? Ooh. Yeah. I don't know. Hashtag. Oh, hey, are you guys... So, But you've spoken at PAX too, right? Oh, yeah. It's like 15 times now? Yeah, I was just going to say. So which PAXs do you guys typically speak at? So we submitted for Unplugged. Oh, perfect. So we'll be hopefully having panels. We may even have a table. We just had a table at this last PAX right outside the Uncle's Games. Oh, very natural fit. Which was super fun. Uncle's partnered with us on that, and it was a lot of fun to do. Um, and uh, we will be planning to go to PAX South and PAX East again uh, this next year. We can't make it to PAX Australia 
Sorry, guys, it's so expensive to go to Australia. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. Yeah. That's, that's actually quite Someday. true. Someday. Down the line. That's Down quite true. Line, we'll, uh, we'll, look, we'll Adams, I believe in you. Game to Grow. Super cool stuff. Give them the URL one more time. Yeah. So, GameToGrow.org mm-hmm. um, to find Game to Grow and to find more information about Critical Core. You can go to CriticalCore.org um, and you can find it's two. It's no, it's T. It's T O. It's T O. <laughs> You can find more information at criticalcore.org and you can sign up for the mailing list so you will know exactly when the Kickstarter goes live. The, the secret thing about Kickstarters is that they really survive and thrive based on their mailing list. So if you want to see this project come to life, <laughs> join the mailing list and then tell everyone you know about it. Yeah. Because yeah. we're going to launch it as soon as it's ready. Well, no. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty cool story. I, I think you guys are going to do well there. Uh, Shadow Council, may our labors please you. Thanks so much for rolling through. We will see you next Wednesday at 4 p.m. PDT. Excellent. Thank you, Adams. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Thanks for having me. Super fun.